Once you're diagnosed with cancer, it's my belief that you have to stay on top of your health and your journey forever because we hear that all the time. Well, they told me I was in remission. I woke up one morning and, you know, it had metastasized to the lungs and the bones. I had no idea. Going forward, you must keep a pulse on your health. And even if it's for prevention, you know, don't guess when it comes to your health. You know, do basic things that can help you prevent breast cancer. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Over the last 12 months, I have known five women in my life to get diagnosed with cancer. Three of these amazing women were diagnosed with breast cancer. Now, one of these women was a very, very close friend of mine, and she had just received the news that she had cancer at the age of 38. Now, each and every one of us has been impacted by cancer in our life and have felt the sadness, the anger, and the confusion around having someone that we care so much about go through either cancer treatment or maybe we've even lost that person that we love so much. It feels almost unfathomable to know that many women in such a short amount of time to get diagnosed with cancer. Now, earlier this year, I lost my grandfather to pancreatic cancer, and it was devastating. He was actually the first grandparent that I have lost in my adult life. Now, given the impact that cancer has, I have been asked many times to address healing cancer on the Essentially You podcast. Last fall, I got the opportunity to interview Chris Wark of Chris Beak Cancer on episode number 40, and it's absolutely worth going back and listening to that episode. And today, I'm bringing on a dear friend, Dr. Veronique Desonier. She is my go-to breast cancer expert, not only because she has a breast cancer survivor herself, but that she has dove into countless, countless research articles, and she knows how to heal cancer inside and out. She has created a seven essential system to healing breast cancer, and this system has been shared with women all over the world, and she even created a book, which we'll be talking about today throughout the interview. If you or someone you love is looking for a natural approach to healing the body, this interview is for you. But before I bring on Dr. V on to help dispel some breast cancer myths and provide a framework to begin the healing process, I want to take a moment And I want to thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in and sharing these episodes with someone in your life that could use a little wellness inspiration and some powerful recommendations. Now, if you are just tuning in for the first time, I would love to welcome you and share with you that I created this podcast to give women more insight about their bodies and provide an explanation for why they may not be feeling like themselves, but they're not really sure about what is going on. See, last fall, I had the opportunity to survey 50,000 women and ask them to prioritize their biggest health concerns. And the top three things that came up over and over and over again. Number one, that women were feeling exhausted and fatigued, and even overwhelmed some days. Number two, that they were experiencing brain fog from consistently not getting enough sleep at night. And number three was going to be because they were unable to lose stubborn weight and they were dealing with unrelenting cravings. And I have a feeling that you too have either experienced one or two or maybe all of them and can't really seem to figure out what the root cause of feeling this way is coming from. 
I also have a feeling that you are busy handling business and you want more than anything to have clarity and confidence that there are some real solutions out there that will finally work without crazy harmful side effects. Because let me tell you, I know all too well what it feels like to not know what's going on with my body and that is why I am on this pursuit. Now, my hope is that that these episodes and the interviews that this podcast brings will provide insight backed by research, not only for my amazing guests, but for my own personal episodes where I deep dive in a topic that you have been asking about. This podcast is all about opening the door for true wellness and providing real solutions at your fingertips on your beautiful healing journey because I know that your body is primed for healing miracles and that you deserve a body that works for you. And with that, I think it's time to celebrate a couple wins before we move on in to this interview. Now, one particular health rock star is an amazing woman who reached out to me just a couple days ago on Instagram to share her win. And this is what she had to say. After listening to your podcast about periods and hormones, it really made me think. I've been on the contraceptive pill since I was 13. I'm now 29 due to heavy and painful periods. Since then, I have been on progesterone-only pills for 10 years, which means I haven't had a period in all of that time. This is a scary thought. I told my boyfriend that I wanted to come off the pill and I would be tracking my periods to see when I was fertile. Today, I did my research and found out that there's a hormone-free coil fitted that I'm going to be booked for. I am looking forward to tracking my periods and getting my hormones back to balance again. I listen to your podcast every day to and from work. They are really eye-opening. Thank you, Dr. Marisa. Well, thank you so much. You are absolutely a girl after my own heart. And I want to say, if you are listening, honey, I would love to gift you my Superwoman blend. And I know you know who you are. You can find yourself on Instagram. I know that you wanted to remain anonymous, so I'm going to do that as well. And you can reach out to me on Instagram at Dr. Marisa so I can hook you up with that blend. Well, if you are listening right now, each and every one of you, I absolutely love shouting you out and I can't tell you how much it means to not only hear from you, but also to hear your wins. You can always reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook, or simply review this podcast on iTunes or whatever podcast you plug into. That way, we continue to open the door for women, not only with solutions, but also to give them the information that they need to become the CEO of their health. Let's bring on Dr. Veronique to the show on healing breast cancer. But before I do, I want to quickly sing her praises. Dr. V is the founder of Breast Cancer Conqueror and the creator of the Seven Essential System, a step-by-step educational program with the goal of preventing disease and creating naturally vibrant health. Her signature process has empowered thousands of women in 41 countries around the world. She has been in the wellness industry for 40 years. Her passion for health and wellness has inspired Dr. V to pursue extensive studies in various fields of energy medicine. She is a number one best-selling author in 10 different categories, from oncology to breast cancer to alternative medicine, chemotherapy, women's health, and reproductive medicine. I'm so excited to bring her on. I know she's going to be a wealth of knowledge for both you and me. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Dr. Veronique Desonier, who I also know as Dr. V. Honey, how are you doing today? 
I'm doing so great, Dr. Maritza. Thank you so much for sharing my message of hope with your audience. Oh, your message is so powerful. And there's so many women who are, you know, this is an area where we've had family members, we've had, my grandmother had breast cancer, we, you know, that it, it permeates so much of our life. And the topic that we're really going to be talking about today, which I'm so excited because it feels empowering, is never fear breast cancer again. And I want to start with your journey, your journey with breast cancer. I know that's not a traditional one. Tell me about that journey and why you chose a less traditional route. Well, you know, I'd been in practice for about 25 years and I had seen the effects of traditional medicine on several of my patients. And, and I always knew that if anything like that were to happen to me and because of the work that I was in, I had a lot of confidence and faith in evidence-based natural medicine. So I was in the shower getting ready for work one day and because my mother had breast cancer, I was quite diligent about doing a breast exam, self-breast exam. And I was in the shower and, you know, bam, felt that lump in my left breast that changed the course of my life, you know, professionally and personally forever. So I, you know, at that moment, of course, you know, there was the fear, the concern, the anxiety, the anger, the guilt, you know, all these feelings that went through my mind. But I, I knew that, you know, there would be a course of action that I would follow. And, and, you know, one thing that I kept thinking is, you know, how could this happen to me? You know, here I was teaching people all about the wellness principles, nutrition, exercise. You know, I ate organic before organic was in style. I breastfed my children, had home births, you know, did everything right. And, and then the deeper I, I dove into research about breast cancer specifically, the more I realized that there were some pieces of the puzzle that I was missing. So, you know, I was frustrated. I was confused at times. I was overwhelmed at times. And, and I thought, you know, if I'm feeling this way, after you know 25 years of professional practice and research you know how much more so would the average person so i felt you know there has to be an easier way to do this and that's what led me to create the seven essential system it was kind of an aha moment where i said wait a minute you know how do we eat an elephant one bite at a time so i just broke everything down into seven easy steps and I love that. I love that you have made it so simple. Now, I want to take it back to the importance of breast self-exams. And, you know, thank goodness that had been a part of your probably daily regimen, or I'm not sure, weekly regimen, given that your mom had had breast cancer. Talk to me a little bit about, I know that you've got some information on that and the importance of it, but how this can really help to support women figuring out diagnosis. A breast self-exam can be so important. Now, whether you choose, you know, a mammogram or thermogram or in a mixture of both and, uh, you know, ultrasound, and you do that yearly, there's still 364 days of the year where your breast tissue can change. And so, you know, women traditionally have been afraid to touch their breasts because we've never really been trained, right? We don't know what we're feeling. You know, what does a, you know, suspicious lump feel like? So the good news is, is that I've partnered with a company called the Mammacare Foundation. And for 30 years now, they've been using a silicone breast model that has trained doctors around the world. It looks like a, a, a real breast. It feels like a real breast. The nodular tissue feels just like your own breast tissue would, but it has four distinct lumps in it that are exact replicas of live 
tumors that, you know, that were, you know, taken out through a lumpectomy. And so with the training method that we have, we teach women the important components of a proper breast self-exam and, you know, what a suspicious lump may feel like because we know size matters. The average woman who's not trained in a breast self-exam is going to find a lump when it's the size of a ping pong ball. Now, somebody who's trained in this method can find it when it's the size of a pea. What a difference that makes. We know size matters. And in fact, when you can find it the size of a pea and it hasn't spread or metastasized, your chances of survival exceed 15 years over 88%. So, you know, it's so important to be in touch with your body. You know, don't wait once a year for somebody else to feel your breast. This is your body. Be in charge of it, love it, nurture it, and, you know, feel those girls, get to know them. I absolutely agree with you 100%. It's just not something that we have been trained to do. And I'm so grateful you sent me a My Breast Friend, which I love. And I feel like it has been so helpful in really understanding and figuring out. It's just a great tool set. And we'll make sure to give everyone the information on where to go and check that out if that's something you guys are wanting to check out. Now, I want to go back to the simplicity of of what you've created with this seven essential system and what you've created with the breast cancer conquer movement for healing and more particularly and more specifically preventing breast cancer. What brought you to create it? And tell me a little bit about it. The seven essential system was basically one of those aha moments that in the pattern of, you know, my trying to figure out, you know, why I developed breast cancer. How could somebody like me develop breast cancer? I thought I was healthy. You know, I realized that if if we were going to help women go through this journey, then it needed to be simplified because get on the internet and, and start Googling natural <laughs> cures or natural, you know, therapies for breast cancer and, and you'll be overwhelmed. So I, I wanted to create a system that really made it simple for women so that they can have some actionable steps, they could feel like they're making progress, and it would give them a guide to work with as they went through their healing journey. And I know that you have, you created this system a little while ago, and you've had thousands of women go through it. What has been the experience for women who have gone through it? And do you see that mostly women who are trying to prevent breast cancer or those who have just recently diagnosed and they're looking for a more natural way of integrating, I guess our treatment plan is what I'm really trying to get to. Right. You know, we, we have a mixture of all three, you know, we call them proactive patties, you know, those are the ones that, you know, really want to be preventative, you know, perhaps their sister or their mother had breast cancer and they want to make sure that they don't ever go there. Then there's the surviving Susies who've, you know, been through the healing journey, whether they've chosen traditional treatments mostly traditional treatments, I would say, and they want to make sure that they never have cancer again or they have to face that. And they want to recover. They want to help their body heal from the effects of traditional treatments. And then we have the healing Hannahs who are on their active journey. You know, they're in the process of it. And and I'd say it's about 50-50%. You know, some are doing traditional treatments and they want support and learning how to help their body thrive through those treatments. And some that are just wanting to do evidence-based natural medicine. So it's kind of a combination of all of those. 
Okay. So it really just depends on who it is. And in your experience, as women are working through this process, you know, what has been their feeling around it in the sense, you know, I mean, clearly the goal was to to lessen the overwhelm, to give them a step-by-step process. Is there a lot of ease and grace? Is there a lot of kind of exhalation? Like when they realize, oh my gosh, I, although these are big pieces and, you know, I got to really make some changes. Thank goodness. It's all kind of wrapped up. In a, in a program that makes it easier, in a book that makes it easy. Yes, it's so wonderful. You know, one of the biggest joys I have is when we host our retreats or when I get emails and, you know, we see them come to our community. They're like deer in headlights. You know, they're scared. They don't know who to trust. They're not sure, you know, is this going to work? And, you know, once they get into the process, into the flow of things, you just see them transform before your eyes and they become confident and empowered and they can do this. And, you know, they, they go home with a whole different attitude and, and same with the book, you know, some women have labeled it like their Bible, you know, for their healing journey, because it gives them an actionable plan. You know, you can go to all these conferences and and learn about all these things, but you walk away and you say, okay, now what do I do? Well, this gives you a plan so that you can see the, the needle move in your direction. That's what I love. I, I that being able to be able to step someone through a process, I think is so important. I want to back up just a second because I know that there, although we have so many of us ha- knows at least one person in our lives who've been diagnosed with breast cancer or even cancer in general, I know that there's still a lot of myths and misconceptions around breast cancer. What are the odds of us getting it? There's so much that goes into it. And so I want to talk to you about some myths. I remember when we first we had first recorded a while back. And this is actually a big part of the conversation was dispelling the myths of breast cancer that keep women in fear. And I think that's the big thing that we want to talk about today, too, is how do we not live in fear of the potential for cancer or breast cancer? So talk to me a little bit about outline a few of those, the biggest myths that come up, like the, the BRCA gene comes up a lot. I know that or estrogen, plant estrogens, like phytoestrogens. Talk to me about some of these things. I mean, they come up in my groups all the time. Women are just so scared. Like, I can't tell you how many people are just like, I won't, I won't even go anywhere near soy because I'm so afraid I'm going to get breast cancer. Right, right. Yeah, there's, well, yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about the BRCA gene, first of all. You know, we know that uh, Angelina Jolie made that quite popular, you know, because of her experience. And unfortunately, you know, she she reacted out of fear. I don't judge her. You know, she, she saw her mother die a horrible death. And so that's the path that she chose. But it, it gave a, a very mixed signal to a lot of women. I mean, so many women were, you know, ran to their doctor and had their breasts cut off. We know that you know the BRCA gene, first of all, is a tumor suppressor gene. So it's a good gene. So why does it mutate? Well, less than 5% of breast cancers are actually genetic or familial, you know, passed down from your mother, grandmother. So what about the other 95%, right? We know it's environment and lifestyle. And so the interesting thing about it is that there's even been some studies, now not necessarily on people, but in you know, petri dishes that have shown that you can reverse a BRCA gene mutation with food, you know, eating, I forget what it was, I think it was like two and a half cups of edamame beans a day. It's, you know, it, it's amazing that you know, the body can reverse itself because you have to ask yourself, you know, what's causing, if it's not familial, what's causing that BRCA gene mutation? That's the look of epigenetics and what we eat 
you know, how we operate really impacts whether we're going to express that gene or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, if we talk about food and plant estrogens, well, green beans and lima beans and edamames, flax, and, and they all have pomegranates. Yeah. pomegranates. Yeah. So they have a, what we call plant estrogens or phytoestrogens. Now, I think the creator in all his infinite wisdom would know that, you know, those estrogens are pretty safe because he wouldn't have put them in food. And the medical community, as, as traditional medical community, has created the stigma of your hormones are causing cancer. Well, we know we need our hormones for brain health, bone health, cardiovascular health, immune health. So our hormones do not cause cancer. If that were the case, every 20-year-old on the planet would have cancer. So we have to look at you know, the chemical estrogens in the environment and what's driving you know, the overload of those estrogens and progesterones in our body. But back to the plant estrogens, we know that they have a very protective effect. They actually protect those estrogen receptor sites. And flaxseed, for example, you know, helps to break down those aggressive estrogens in the bloodstream. There was a study done at the University of Toronto where they fed women a muffin, which probably had white flour and sugar in it, but nonetheless, it had five teaspoons of ground flaxseed in it. They had one every day for 30 days. They were getting ready to have surgery, and so they tested before and after, and they found that the cancer markers and the tumor size decreased anywhere from 30 to 73% just from eating five teaspoons of ground flaxseed a day. Now, that's powerful medicine. That is powerful medicine. It was so interesting. I just got my 23andMe results today. And I don't know why it took me so long to get 23andMe results, but I literally was looking over them right before we got on this call because they popped into my inbox. And I went into the health particular category and, you know, they look at the bracketing, they look at a lot of different parts. And first they have you do a little tutorial, which basically says, hey, even if this shows up, like, you know, basically lifestyle, a lot of things can be the cause. And, and these particular genes that we look at are one of many, 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 right? They do the whole thing, kind of a disclaimer. And so I open it up and I already knew going into looking at my results, <laughs> just curious to see what I was going to get in terms of if I had a variant or not, or if, if um, and I already had the, you know, being, being good friends with yours, having such great functional doctors around me, like I know really it's about whether I express those genes or not through epigenetics and always making the right, you know, health decisions every single day to ensure we're not, we're not driving lifestyle and nutrition in that direction. So I opened it up and I had really no feeling one way or the other about it. And um, it showed up, it, they were negative, I didn't have them. And I wasn't expressing those. It was an interesting moment for me. I knew I was interviewing you right after. <laughs> and I thought, but I, I didn't really have an attachment one way or the other. I knew that I was always going to keep on doing all the right things as much as possible so that I didn't express any type of potential genes that led to cancer. I mean, clearly none of us are looking for that, but I want to talk about the, I knew that I had, I guess what I'm trying to say is I knew I had control. I knew that I felt empowered by the things that I do every single day. But I know that we are told by the medical community, by our society, that we have no control over getting breast cancer because it's our genes or whatever it may be. Can you speak to that? Because I know clearly I've heard you loud and clear. Yes, yes. And what you mentioned is so true. If you understand the power of food and lifestyle on your gene expression, 
there's there's no more fear of breast cancer or any disease for that matter. So, you know, basically we know that our DNA is not our destiny anymore. Science has progressed to the point where we can see how what we eat, how we live our life, how we manage our stress can literally turn on cancer protective genes or turn off cancer protective genes or turn on cancer promoting genes. For example, my sister, I have three other sisters and and when I did my my DNA test, I had like six SNPs that show that I I should be a type 2 diabetic. Well, I'm not, but she is because of lifestyle, you know, just totally different lifestyles. It shows you that the blueprint is the gene code basically but you're the contractor and you get to say what goes where and how. And you do that through your lifestyle and how you live your life. And, you know, Dr. Dean Ornish, you know, medical doctor, brilliant doctor, researcher, he did many, many studies on men with prostate cancer. And he found just by changing their lifestyle, getting them to meditate, exercise, eat better, that they could turn on over 400 health-promoting genes. So that's that's very powerful. That is very powerful. I wanted to speak to that because I, I really, I think that these types of conversations is how we shift the way that women feel about how they can take care of their bodies. Another thing that I hear a lot in the breast cancer community from medical, the medical system is that breast cancer cannot be cured. What can that mean? How should we interpret that? Is it just that we're in remission or how is it that you define healing breast cancer? Well, it's, you know, I kind of chuckle when they say, you know, we're running for the cure or we're searching for the cure. It's staring right at them in the face. And, you know, we see it all the time. Women are reversing cancer all the time. And we see that worldwide, not just with breast cancer, but other forms of cancers. I mean, I was just talking to a stage four breast cancer conqueror and, you know, she, she went from go home and get your affairs in order to she's building a new house. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's just incredible what, you know, the changes that we can see. You know, when doctors tell you that you're at a certain stage or that you're in remission, let's use that word, you're in remission, go home, you're fine, you know, we'll see you in a year or whatever, that they're really doing a disservice to women because if there's a tumor that's smaller than four millimeters hiding somewhere, it's not going to be picked up by a PET scan. You know, their traditional blood test markers are very unreliable. And, you know, even medical doctors will admit that. It makes it challenging for women because they walk away and they think, oh, I'm, you know, cancer free. I can go back to my life. I'm in remission. But they don't tell them about the perhaps the circulating tumor cells that are still there or the breast cancer stem cells. And that really, once you're diagnosed with cancer, it's my belief that you have to stay on top of your health and your journey forever because we hear that all the time. Well, they told me I was in remission. I woke up one morning and, you know, it had metastasized to the lungs and the bones. I had no idea. Going forward, you must keep a pulse on your health. And even if it's for prevention, you know, don't guess when it comes to your health. You know, do basic things that can help you prevent breast cancer. 
stay on top of your vitamin D levels. You know, you should be in the 80 to 100 range. Most women that we've seen are in the teens or in the 20s. And that's, you know, that's dangerous. Eat lots of foods that are high in iodine and, you know, manage your stress and, you know, follow the seven essential system. It just, it's a very simple guide that will really support your health long-term. Yes, I love that. And I think what's important, and I want to just double down a little bit on the lifestyle. And I know that so much is inside of the book as well. But we really want to create an environment where cancer can't thrive in our body. And if indeed we had an environment where that happened at one point, we want to ensure that we don't create that environment again. And I think that's what a lot of people aren't being told. They're they're so often so surprised. I, I had a a grand, my grandfather, who recently died of pancreatic cancer, when it came back, he was in remission for a little longer than we expected. We were doing a lot of the right things. And, but when it came back, he was devastated. I mean, I guess I was like, well, what are they telling you? It was one of those things where you take, kind of take your eye off the ball. But I felt like he was just getting a lot of misinformation about his cancer and about what was, what was potentially around the bend. So they kind of just told him, yeah, everything's fine. You're great. Go on, do your thing. And he, he probably let up off his protocols and, and thought that he was, you know, kind of over the hump, at least for a while. It was really disheartening more so anything just to watch how devastated he was when the, when, when the cancer yeah. came Yeah, it is devastating because, you know, you think of what's the first thing we think of when we think of the diagnosis of cancer, you know, slow, torturous death. And, you know, we're, we're here to change that. We want to change that paradigm and create a shift so that people don't fear cancer. You know, Dr. Nasha Winters is a prime example of that. I mean, I love her message. I mean, here's a stage four ovarian cancer who still has a tumor on her ovary, by the way. And, you know, 27 years later, she's, you know, teaching doctors all around the world about mistletoe and she's a naturopathic oncologist. And, you manage your life, you manage your body. It's, you have so much control and it's just very empowering. Yes. I love that. I want to go back. So I know, I know the seven essential systems. I know your book pretty well. And one of the, one of the areas that I don't think a lot of people think about is healing your emotional wounds. I'm thinking about all the lists of things that are like, okay, I'm on top of this. I'm on top of this. I'm on top of food, be your medicine, reduce your toxic load, right? Balance your energy. Actually, I'm not really on top of that. I could work on that. I'm using therapeutic plants. Girl, you know, I got plants everywhere. I got oils everywhere. But your emotional wounds. This is one that I don't think people realize how much of an impact it plays. Can you speak to this a little bit? Oh, yes. That's a, that's a big one. That's a tough one uh, because women, you know, we're nurturers, we're caregivers. We're just used to putting everybody else first and putting ourselves on the back burner. And so healing the emotional wounds means learning to nurture yourself, love yourself, forgive yourself. And then you can, you know, take that to the outside, you know, love others, forgive others. Look at the past. You know, a lot of people don't like to look at the past. You know, Louise Hay says, if you want to clean your house, you have to look at the dirt first. So, you know, you've got to look at the dirt. And, you know, when I hear women say, oh, I had the perfect childhood and, you know, I don't have any emotional problems right away. I know you got problems. (laughs) You know, you're called denial. (laughs) Yeah, called denial. That's right. 
So it's a matter of learning to just take that time for yourself, meditation, journaling, just healing your wounds. And one of the biggest takeaways that I had, you know, I went through a second healing journey. And the biggest takeaway for me was to learn to set boundaries and to learn to say no and to learn to manage my stress and not allow myself to get stressed. At the last retreat I hosted in Cancun, one of the the patients there said, you just feel so calm and, and not nervous. And I said, you know, I had to train myself to do that because I was not like that. I mean, I was always nose to the grindstone and, you know, push, push, push. And, you know, this healing journey just taught me, you know, it's just not worth it. And I've learned to really chill and feel good about myself. And it's okay if I want to take off and play tennis and, you know, do some water paints or, you know, whatever, just do things that bring me joy. I think that's such an important lesson. I hope, I hope so many of us are hearing it. You know, the, the question that I think about when I, when I was looking at the book and you know, I have a lot of women who have had thyroid cancer, who have had uterine cancer, who have had all different other types of cancer. And mind you, there's a couple other good friends of ours that have got great books out there. But I wanted to know, I know that this is specifically the seven essential systems for healing and preventing breast cancer, but is there a lot more to gain for somebody else dealing with another cancer as well? You know, I think about so many aspects of this book, food being medicine, balancing out our energy, healing our emotional wounds, I feel like so much of this can apply to other, maybe other cancer circumstances. Absolutely. You know, this is foundational for any type of cancer. I say cancer is cancer. I don't care what kind of cancer you have. It's all the same root cause. Any dis-ease or disease you've been diagnosed with, you can apply these seven essentials and learn to heal your body because it's all the same root cause, right? It's the inflammation that starts with the insulin resistance and the toxins and the chemicals, and then the inflammation sets in. And we know from inflammation, that's the foundation of all disease. So if you can get to that root cause, then you know your, your body has the ability to heal. And as a side note, you mentioned thyroid. You know, women that are on thyroid medication are twice as likely to develop breast cancer than those who are not, like a synthetic thyroid medication, because they're masking the symptoms. We, we know that the thyroid is very instrumental in healing our bodies, keeping our basal body temperature elevated so cancer cells don't get to thrive. You know, cancer cells like it cold and dark. Uh, we, so we need to increase our body temperature, even if it's just by one degree. Yeah, that's so interesting. A lot of a lot of people know right now. I'm, I'm sharing this on the podcast. I'm sharing it on Instagram. But I was recently diagnosed with Hajimoto's and hypothyroid. And mind you, I have a lot of friends of ours that are working with me. But I'm currently on thyroid medication. Mind you, girl, we're getting to the root cause. But still, in the meantime, I got to get back to baseline and put this Hajimoto's on the back burner. Make sure it goes into remission. Make sure my immune system is back on track. But that's something to think about. I we, I had a post just the other day on Instagram where I said, you know, your medications aren't going to solve the problem. They're especially thyroid medication. You know, so many, so often we, if we do get diagnosed, you know, in, in, in the, within 10 years, give or take, then we're just thrown on a synthetic medication. We're not, we doesn't really look at what's going on with us, whether it's synthroid or levothyroid. And all the while, a lot of people don't realize that those root causes are continuing to do their thing. I'm really glad that you spoke to that because as we know, the rise of hypothyroid and thyroid-driven 
dysfunction is continuing to move and grow. It's so funny. I was just talking to a good friend of ours today and, you know, just expressing my frustrations, this journey that we are on for healing you know, some days, you're, some some days, some weeks, some months, you're right on top of it. And then sometimes you just feel like you have a little mini setback. And so I'm in that like little mini setback mode. I'm just a little bit more tired than I want to be. And I'm just, I'm just, maybe I'm just also frustrated. I just want to be, I want to be over the hump on this. But it's important that the number one thing I'm focusing on is what is driving this to begin with? How did I get here to begin with? It's a multitude of things. And I think about even with the Hajimoto's and the autoimmune, I look at, you know, I look at this list here, let food be our medicine and gosh knows it's foundational for what I'm doing, reducing our toxic exposure, because guess what? Even your, your endocrine glands are such a, they're victim to toxicity and heavy metal exposure, right? Balance your energy. I mean, I think about, I'm like, you know, so much of this book has been applicable for my journey with Hajimoto's. <laughs> Because it's it's cells misbehaving. Call it an immune cell. Call it a thyroid cell. You know, whatever a gut cell. There are cells that are getting the wrong information and they're misbehaving because of something going on in the environment. And so I'm just glad you mentioned that because I tell people all the time. You know, even if I'm talking about autoimmune or I'm talking about hormone balance, I said, you know what? So much of this is applicable if you clean up your gut. For your hormones, you're also cleaning up your gut for your brain. You're cleaning up your gut for your heart. You're cleaning up your gut for, for cellular function. And I think that that's, it's, it's all interconnected, which I'm glad you mentioned the thyroid piece. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my little, my little kind of moment where I was like, you know, it all just feels so interconnected. And I'm sure you have women who come to you, not just dealing with breast cancer, but they're probably dealing with other issues as well. Oh, for sure. You know, breast cancer, well, any cancer really is not just one disease. It's an accumulation of many. I mean, there's a lot of things that brought them to that, to that point. It's, it's the tipping point, physically, chemically, emotionally, spiritually, all of that. And, you know, I love what Dr. Um, he wrote the book, Getting Well Again, Dr. Simonton. He said, cancer is a message of love. It's a sign that your body's telling you to do more things, that less things that bring you pain and more things that bring you joy. So, you know, look at it as, you know, especially in your case too, you know, you're a busy woman. There's a lot of irons in the fire. You know, look at it as a message of love. You know, this is your body telling you to slow down, to regroup, to do things a little differently so that, you know, your body can heal. Mm. Now, I talked a little bit about root cause and triggers, and I know that's so, so important. One, to look at the way that we're living every day and try to figure out, ooh, what, which one of these triggers is potentially a trigger that, that I'm, I'm experiencing or that could be playing a role for me? I think those are so important to understand, and you have done such a marvelous job at creating this little guide for us. I think it's part two of the book which is the seven cancer triggers. Tell me a little bit about this, this awesome little guide that I think everyone needs. Well, the, 
you know, people often ask us, why do I have breast cancer? Or why did I get this disease? You know, what, what triggered it? And so I created the seven cancer triggers, uh, you know, very similar to the seven essentials. It has to do with, you know, your toxic food, the stress that you're under, the toxic environment from everything you put on your skin to, you know, what you have in your home, the emotional stress, not managing that, you know, the dental issues, you know, whether you have root canals, uh, cavitations, not cavities, but cavitations, which are infections in the bone, amalgams, you know, a hodgepodge of all different kinds of toxic metals in your mouth. Even some of the, the procedures that perhaps your, your doctor is having you do, like, you know, maybe there's excessive x-rays or CT scans or, you know, certain medications that can trigger and, and lead to, you know, disease down the road. So there's a lot of triggers that people need to be aware of. I bet. Absolutely. And I agree with that 100%. And I'm a big proponent of saying that we deserve to know what the root cause is, that that we shouldn't just be okay with a doctor throwing a script at us and being sent on our merry way. And I'm so grateful that one, people are asking that question. They feel empowered to ask that question to you and that you have taken your knowledge and put it all in this perfect guide. And so we'll have it in the show notes for this episode. You guys can grab it really easily. Dr. Veronique, anything you want to leave us with? One, girl, where do we get the book? You can get the book on our website, breastcancerconqueror.com, or you can get it on Amazon. And make sure you get the updated second edition. The first edition was printed back in 2014, so make sure you get the second edition. It's updated. It talks uh, more about my second healing journey, and of course, it's got a lot of updated information. And we're everywhere on you know Facebook, Instagram, and social media. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your brilliance, honey. I always love connecting with you. You bring such a calm presence and I just love that you're making such powerful transformational changes in the world. Thanks so much, Dr. Marisa. It's always fun to be with you. You too, honey. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, I am so grateful to women like Dr. V. She has used her healing journey to change the lives of women around the world. I honor her mission so much and the work that she is doing to give us more clarity and confidence to heal our bodies from cancer. Who doesn't want a doctor whose mission is to help women create an integrative plan and to get to the root cause of their cancer diagnosis and who has helped thousands of women stay cancer free with her protocols and her systems. Now, if someone in your life needs this information, please pass it along by sharing this episode, which is episode 106 and steer them to Dr. V's amazing guide, The Seven Cancer Triggers. You can grab that wonderful guide and the root cause of what's going on with cancer in the show notes, or you can go to my website, drmarisa.com slash episode 106. And I just want to say thank you so much for stopping by and listening in to the Essentially You podcast. Our next episode, I am finally bringing on my dear friend from New York City, Emily Kyberg. We are going to be talking about how to jumpstart your workout if you struggle with Hajimoto's. And let me tell you, this is such an important topic for women with chronic fatigue as well. When I was diagnosed with Haji's, I was feeling really burned out and the exercise that I was doing was making it worse for me. I was literally increasing cortisol levels, increasing the stress response in my body because I was working out too hard 
for having this type of diagnosis or feeling chronically depleted. So I'm excited to shed light on how to exercise for your body when you're dealing with a chronic condition that could be affecting your energy. So until then, until this next new incredible episode with Emily, I just hope that you're having a wonderful week, a wonderful rest of your day, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. Bye.